The Kentucky Derby is coming back in September with fans. That's an awesome idea. If you're a coronavirus, we'll hash it out on the next episode of Access Louisville. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Marty Finley. How's it going? And Brooke Timmons. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news, the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. So Marty wrote a story this week that Headliners Music Hall is for sale. Uh, It's just the building being sold. The business owners hope to continue operating a music venue there. Of course, music and event venues are operating much less these days because of social distancing. Actually, I would say they're not operating at all. Um, So my question to you guys is, just to think about Headliners, what are some of the best shows and some of the worst shows you've seen at Headliners? And I'll go first. Um, my favorite show that I've ever gone to was at Headliners. I saw this band, Phosphorescent. I don't know if you guys are familiar <gasps> with them. I love Phosphorescent. <laughs> yeah, I love them too. And all right, so here's the situation. This is a walk. Uh, <laughs> it was the uh, it was the Wednesday after Forecastle, so like everyone in town is like concerted out, and and I go to see Phosphorescent because I really like them, and um. They came there to Forecastle. Was, well, yeah, I mean, th- this was not last Forecastle. This was like five Forecastles ago. So, oh, okay. Uh, it was, I, I was just saying, like, everyone was tired because Forecastle just happened. Gotcha. So, um, Forecastle was over, and like, so this show was like not at all packed. It was on a Wednesday night, and um, me and my wife went, and we were like in the front row because why else would we not be? Because there was almost no one there. And right. there was this um, this dude who was probably about my age, which at the time was around his mid-30s, and he was just the biggest phosphorescent fan there's ever been. <laughs> and he just sat there with his mouth just gaped open the whole time, just staring like stars in his eyes at the band. And um, I guess the singer took notice of him. And at the, at the end of the show, he reached out and he high-fives the dude. And like everybody in the crowd cheered because we just like knew that that was like the best moment for that guy. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, he just reached out and high five me. And it's like he high fived all of us because we were like, oh my God, like that guy just had the best moment of his life because he yeah. just looked like the biggest fan of this band. So, um, so that was really awesome. The worst show I ever saw there, um, and it wasn't because of the performer. Uh, do you guys, are you guys familiar with the tallest man on earth? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The folk singer. Basically, we went there and it was like he's very chill, very quiet, solo, plays acoustic guitar. Uh, and people were just talking and kind of ignoring him the whole show. And I was like really into him. And, uh, and it was just a bummer that like almost no one was paying attention to the poor guy. And, Aww. uh, <laughs> yeah. And then like at one point, he like shushed the crowd. Because I think Ooh. he was like trying to like do this like really uh like get people into the show and people were just like I don't know. I could hear people behind me like chattering on about their weekend plans and stuff and I was just it, it was annoying. Was he an but, opener? 
No, no, it was his show. Wow. And it was packed. Oh, crazy. Like, it was sold out. People and, came and to this show and then just to like disrespected him. Weekend. Yeah, no. Wow. And, and I was just like, I, I was like embarrassed for the for, for everybody there. I was embarrassed for him. And uh, and the, he didn't sound great. Like the, the mix wasn't great. Um, mm. But I still yeah. love his music. I just can't, you know, it's just, it was just sad to see, <laughs> see that show. From my, so. from my experience, uh, headliners can be brutal on opening acts, especially if they're not well known. Um, yeah they'll just yeah. ignore you and i've even seen crowds boo the opening act at headliner so <laughs> is that right well, i've never seen it's, that but yeah i've seen people ignore it can be a rough crowd depending on who it is so yeah yeah all right marty well uh why don't you give us your favorite headliners memories yeah Best so I've worst. probably yeah i've probably been to two dozen or more shows at headliners so it's hard to narrow it down to my favorite i've not really seen a bad show i've seen some bad opening acts uh the aforementioned people getting booed, but uh, most of the shows I've seen have been good. The best show probably I saw uh, was a band called Converge. They're a metal band. They're out of Southern California, so they almost never play the East Coast, and if they do, they play you know, like Boston, New York, so they never come to Kentucky or anywhere in the Midwest. So mm -hmm. this was several this was several years ago, so when I saw they were coming, I was like, I gotta get tickets. These guys like never play this part of the country, so our show was insane, um, you know, like mosh pits and everything. Yeah. Um, and they were taught. I mean, like it sounded just like the record. I mean, it was amazing how nice. well how well they sounded. But I reason I think the reason that one stands out just beyond the performance is that during one of the songs, a dude jumped out of the crowd and stole the guy's mock. Like the way vocalist mock. And he jumps in the crowd, knocks the guy out, takes his mock back, and starts singing again. All in about twenty like, like without missing a beat. Just all in twenty seconds, the band kept playing. That's so it's like is. this has happened it's to like, him before. It was like the Guns N' Roses thing where like Axl Rose like was jumped in the crowd on the dude or something. But yeah, um, yeah I remember. But that. yeah, I mean, he jumped, he jumped in, knocked the dude out or knocked him down, anyway, took the mock back, and then just started screaming again. So that it was fantastic. And I was like, I was almost in the front row, so I was pretty close to this, and it was, it was pretty funny, but also pretty awesome that the guy just he never, you know, he just did all this in about twenty seconds. But um, yeah. And then he hung around and sat on the stage for like an hour after the show and just met. So they, were, awesome. they were really, they were really cool. Um, I don't think they've been back to Kentucky since, but that was a good show. Um, yeah. And I saw another good one. I saw more recent was Tyler Childers. I saw him. Oh like, yeah, Tyler Childers. Almost, saw him at Forecastle last year. Too. Yeah, I saw him at yeah. Forecastle. Yeah, I feel like he works better in small venues because it was. Very, I think you're probably right. He wasn't great. Uh, I mean, like it, was, it wasn't mind blowing at Forecastle. Yeah, but he was. Uh, also, you know, the band was really caught and uh crowd was really into it. So it was a it was a really good show. Um, like I said, I've not really seen any bad ones. I've seen some that are not as good as others. Uh, so I, I guess the one that comes to mind is I saw Sunbolt there about three years ago. And they sounded great, but they had zero stage presence, like nothing, like mm. no interaction. It was just like, put your head down, right, sing the songs and leave. So, mm. I mean, like I said, they sounded really great, but, you know, there was just that sort of interaction just wasn't there and i think interaction is one thing that makes headliners so interesting because it's so small um so that's probably the one that stands out is like a good show but it could have been better so. yeah yeah how about you brooke so i'm about to blow both of your minds i've never been to a show at headliners oh my god i'm gonna have to well, make extra points how is this possible <laughs> i know right um <laughs> um i 
let's just say like in my 20s uh I did not make a lot of time for like personal fun and I I feel like I did my 20s wrong but I have (laughs) I have like corrected my my road in my 30s and um hitting up shows all over the place but um but not we have to we have to rectify this I have friends in Eastern Kentucky that have been to headliners (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) um uh, so yes i do need to to make it out to a show at headliners um hopefully we can like do that sometime in the next year or so um but yeah no but the phosphorescent story made me think of a story i did see a show at mercury ballroom um the last couple years and it was a group called broods out of new zealand Mm -hmm. and I like i had been listening to them um really liked them really enjoyed their music um and saw that they were coming was at Waterfront Wednesday one night and they were giving out free tickets. And I was like, score, I don't have to pay for these. This is great. Um, went with a friend of mine and we're like enjoying the show. It was kind of a, a small crowd. And there is this dude who is just like rocking out and like just he is he is 110% at this show. Yeah. And then my friend looks over to me and he goes, I think we found the one person who paid for tickets. <laughs> like <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> um I so. love it. I love to see people like have a good time and show because like I don't know, I'm never as into it as those fans that are like, you know, starry-eyed. Yeah. I'm I mean, always like, present. It, like I never along. lose myself or anything, you know. That's just my personality, I think. There was a, a friend of mine that I went to a show with one time, and he just stood there and like didn't move and didn't sing. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, does he hate it?" Turns out, loved it. That's just his style. He just stands there and uh, and doesn't really move. <laughs> one time, I ran into Marty at a drive-out trucker show on the waterfront, and it was right after the Great Steamboat Race where I, I had had a couple of drinks, and I was like, "Hey, Marty." I love this band. And Marty was like, why the hell are you talking so loud? Yeah, I was like, why are you yelling? I can hear you. You're on the side. Oh, my God. Because Derby Festival, okay? He was that excited, Marty. He was the one person who paid for the ticket. That it was even, free yeah. concerts. It was it at was the fun- free concert. Yeah. It was even funnier because he kept leaning in to yell in my ear. <laughs> Hey, I missed that. <laughs> I hope they play out, man. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I don't think they played outfit. Um, I can't remember. I don't think they did because that's an. They played all new belt. stuff. That was after. Yeah, it, um, what album? Yeah, it was, was like, that? Oh, it was. Um, I can't remember now. Uh, but it was several it was albums recent. after Isabel. Well, yeah. yeah, 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 and is and Isabel was the. The outfit is really Isbell's song. I mean, I yeah. know he did it with the and truckers, but he he sings it in he almost every show. Like Isbell played outfit on at at one of the shows. I think local. he plays it. At, I think he plays it at every show because it's like yeah, he played yeah. at that show that we were all at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he did. It, yeah, sure, he did. Yeah, he did. I've seen Jason Isbell like four times now, which sounds like a lot, but I think Allison Steins. Uh, yeah, she's in like twenty. Seen him like Allison. Times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. um, I actually went with Allison once. She they got like multiple tickets. He was he was here several days, and um, and she scored some extra tickets, and um, I got to go with her. It was great. So I've seen Jason Isbell several times. Yeah, um, yeah. he comes but, to, he comes to town a lot, and then like always he does, to see. which is fantastic <laughs> because he's an incredible artist. 
Yeah. Um, I, I saw him in Lexington in like 2010, and that was before he stopped drinking, and that show was crazy. Like, <laughs> his shows are like, his shows now are really subdued because he's sober, but. he Yeah, he's like got a whole different back in, vibe going not on. Not back in the day. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a rock show, you know, in 2010. So I know this is getting way off topic, but I saw the drive yeah. by truckers in 2010. I can't remember if Isabel was with him at that time or not, but maybe not. I don't think he was. He might have moved on by then. But anyway, let's talk about other big events people go to. Uh, that means the uh, the Kentucky Derby. That's what I'm talking about. Marty wrote a story yesterday uh, where Churchill Downs announced that the Derby is coming back and will indeed have fans uh, in September. Of course, it was postponed from its usual uh, running in May because of the coronavirus outbreak. So, Marty, have they said how many fans will be able to attend the Derby? Not yet. Um, they they have said that they could. They're basically going to limit general admission tickets to the infield, so they are going to redirect pretty much everyone into the that outdoor area. Uh, the paddock is going to be, from what I'm get, uh, gathering, is going to be completely off limits. Uh, so that's going to be pretty interesting. As if, as anyone who's been there knows, the paddock is packed on Derby Day. You can yeah, barely see oh, yeah. gathering place. That's, so that's supposed gonna, to see and be seen. Yeah, and that's going to be a little different, uh, having no one there. Um, so, but they, uh, Kevin Flannery, the president of the racetrack, said yesterday that they could limit uh, or reduce general admission by as much as sixty percent, which sounds like a lot. But forty percent of, you know, the Kentucky Derby's general admission is still a lot of people. I don't know that exact number, but uh, so you know the actual yeah. the actual like capacity is going to be released at a later date um you know one thing he was really talking about yesterday is that we're set up different than an arena because so much of our facility is outdoors so true uh it gives us a little bit more flexibility than it would like the yum center uh or you know any kind of indoor stadium so you know we'll see yeah, how that I think works it would out feel better you know in outdoors even though it's probably yeah. really crowded out there but and i'm also asking people to uh to actually bet on their phone just to keep the lines, the wagering lines down. Um, mm. So we'll see how many people actually do that. But that's one thing they'll be encouraging is, you know, vote from your phone and uh, or bet from your phone rather and as much as possible just so we don't have these giant lines waiting to, to vote or waiting to, to bet on each race. So, I, you know, like I said, this is just kind of giving us a, an initial roadmap. We'll have more details on how many people at a later date. It sounds like in the next few weeks we should know that. So I just did some quick math. Um, 40% of, well, last year's attendance was around 150,000. And yep. uh, 40% of that is 60,000. So that's a huge yep. number of people. Well, and, and that's, like, uh, it would be it'd probably less than that because uh, some of that's reserve seating. They have 60,000 reserve seats. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I guess you'd have more like uh, 90 to 100,000 uh, general admission. So, um, depending on what year you look at and the attendance, but it's still going to be a lot of people. I saw someone yesterday project one of the local sports media guys. He thinks it'll be capped at forty five thousand. I don't. I think that was just a wild guess, not a not an actual like uh, anything he'd heard. But he was just sort of throwing it out there on Twitter yesterday. So that sounds. I, I could get behind that number. Forty thousand sounds 45, like thousand is huge. Like <laughs> I know, considering that's... we are just now like stepping into the baby pool of you can yep. be around fifty people. <laughs> I know, yeah, well, 40, when, I, 
Yeah, when I said I could get behind that number, I mean, I can see them doing that. I don't think it's not necessarily <laughs> something they I should mean, do. I don't really know. But <laughs> yeah. But I could see that happen because that'd be more like a, I think, like a Thurby crowd. Yeah, gee, well, Thurby's pretty busy. Like, yeah, <laughs> man, I, I, I don't know. Heavy sigh, I guess. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what social distancing measures are they talking about? I mean, it's a lot of what you hear. Um, you know, they're gonna, they're basically gonna tape off like spots in, in the concession lines and in those booths um, where you uh, yeah. cast your bet. Not sure exactly how they're gonna. I know they're gonna have some reserved spaces open. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that in terms of social distance people in, in those places. And I don't know which ones yet are going to be open. I don't know if the Turf Club will be open or, you know, Millionaire's Row. They actually just are finishing up an expansion of and renovation of Millionaire's Row. So I don't know if that'll be open uh, for Derby or not. But, um, you know, they will be, like I said, in those more uh, the line situations are going to tape that off and, in terms of how they're going to enforce it, they've not said that yet. I, that was actually asked yesterday because they're wanting people to wear masks. And, you know, how do you, how do you enforce that, especially right. when alcohol is involved and when people get drunk? Yeah, drunk people are always compliant and, uh, you know, following the <laughs> rules. So there's still a lot of questions. Uh, you know, yesterday we just really got to kind of scratch the surface of how this is going to play out. Yeah, yeah. So what – you had also written a story, I think it was this week, it might have been last week, about plans for other entertainment venues. What are you hearing there? You know, and we were talking about headliners earlier, too. So. Yeah, well, you know, that that's pretty wide span. So you've got anything from stadiums and arenas to carnivals, fairs, convention centers, uh, music venues. And what Bashir said is you can operate at up to 50% capacity. Uh, but if you have to social distance, so if you can't do that, you'll have to do the greatest number of people you can accept and still social distance. So, you know, there's, I don't think you could, and any, especially the, the small venues like headliners, mm-hmm. there's no way you could social distance and also have 50% capacity. It's just not big enough. Right. Um, and a place like Lynn Family Stadium, I actually uh, had some details on that this week. Uh, it might be easier because you can actually physically block off seats where people can't sit in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the Yum Center too, but I've not heard anything about what the Yum Center is going to do. And uh, quite frankly, most of their most of their events have been moved to 2021 or been canceled. So um, yeah. I don't see the right. I don't see the Yum Center having events for several more months. So yeah, uh, and headliners. The problem there too is that none of these concert acts are touring. Everybody's sort of just shut it down. So it's sort of like the movie theaters. There's no there's no product right now. So there's not a lot of. I mean, it doesn't right. make sense to open. I mean, so, the movie theaters can play old movies, but yeah, for concerts, it's, you know, yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of artists are just trying to be socially responsible and not, yeah, uh, not tour. Uh, yeah. let's see. Can you guys think like everyone is just giving up on like a sustained virus stopping at this point? Like, do you think they've just said, okay, the economy may be more important? I'm not saying that's I a think terrible people argument. just got like tired of it. Like I yeah. think people just got tired of social. So they just decided that it was over, even though it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I think that I'm like, you can't wish it away. It is not like birthday candles on your cake. Like you can't <laughs> just like blow some candles out and make it go away. <laughs> I know. I know. I think that I think you're right because it just seems like even Bashir, who was like initially like gung ho. 
is like, yeah, we can open this, we can open the pool, and like, and I think that's, I think that's part of it. I mean, you got, you got Kentucky Kingdom opening on Monday, you've got right. the pools opening on Monday, so this, Bashir signed off on this Churchill Downs thing too. Yeah, like, so um, I think that's part of it. I think there's been a lot of, and you know, pressure from outside forces, uh, from you know, just the amount of money they're having to pay out this these state governments uh, and unemployment. I mean, right. everything's everything's fine out at some point. I mean, they they they're not made out of money. Um, yeah, and they yeah. paid out. I, that's I what I'm they, saying. It's not they the paid worst out. argument. Yeah. Like, I mean, the they state wasn't out. built to do this. So yeah, right. and they paid out over two billion dollars in unemployment claims at this point. Now, some of that is supplemented by the federal government and the CARES Act, but some of that's still coming out of state money and state coffers. So that's part of it. But I think a lot of people are still getting this message that, Hey, everything's opening. So seems to be cool, you know? Yeah. And yeah. there was, and there then, was a, a meme that I saw that it was um, like, repeat after me, we are lifting some restrictions. And then like the other person was like, the pandemic's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like a little bit of mixed messaging and people but maybe misinterpreting the message as well. Um, yeah. yeah, because you see things opening, you see Kentucky Kingdom opening, and you're like, "Well, it must be okay." You know, your brain yeah, I'm like, "Well, my, my initial thought was, well, if Andy says it's okay, but now I'm not yeah. like that anymore." I'm like, "Andy says a lot of things are okay, not not okay." With well, <laughs> but, yeah. And one thing too, I think with Kentucky is we have so many fewer cases than you know Ohio. I live in Indiana, and they have three or four times the cases that Kentucky does. That's true. So, but that's a population you know, thing too. It's a population thing, but you know, Indiana's not that much bigger than um, Kentucky to kind of warrant. Now, Ohio's a pretty big state, but, you know, right. uh, Indiana's not that much bigger to kind of warrant that many more cases. But, um, you know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of concern. I know I saw the CJ columnist was really weighing in on the, the Derby uh, announcement yesterday saying, you know, if we're, are we really thinking this through? Um, right. Well, so, and I, mean, I don't it, know if you... It, Kind of remains to be seen how this is going to work out. So, mm-hmm. have you seen that California is shutting things down again, and Texas, Texas just packed on, hopped on the backpedaler express, and you know, they're rolling all in, back? They're, they're all seeing you know anywhere from four to ten thousand cases a day again. So, well, Texas um, especially, I think California's rate of growth has been slower, but um, Texas has been a hot spot. So it's not like the worst and, argument ever that that the you know, the government that that the economy just can't go on like this. Like obviously right, yeah. the state I mean you guys were talking about when I jumped on this call, like the state can't keep up with unemployment claims. They're like they've been messing that up since March. So like at some point I guess they just figured, oh well. <laughs> I don't know. Well and I think it's something and it's like, well we gotta try it. And if we try it and it goes well, then good. And if we try it and it goes poorly then we shut things down again you know i think it's yeah. just you, you can't just have it shut down forever and you know and, uh, yeah and plus we have testing we're in a different place than we were in march like right. i get that point, it's just so. it's all about experimentation at this point like try it yeah. out if it doesn't work also, okay yeah no. you guys try it i'll be over here so. <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> um have you guys, are you guys still social distancing? I'll, I'll tell you, I went to, uh, I played putt-putt over the weekend. I went to the park at Middletown. And, um, well, it was like, we wore masks was it inside. Stressful? It was a little <laughs> stressful. Like, we wore masks inside. Like, where you go in, you pay, you get your golf clubs. 
and then you're you go we go out on the little putt putt course and there's no one around you know felt safe out there but when i was inside there was kids running around they got an arcade in there and there's you know a bunch of kids uh I don't know if they were playing games or not, but, you know, just kids being kids kind of run in all directions. And I'm like, ah, get away from me. Um, but uh, but I'm like that always. So so, uh, so then like, you know, but that was like we were only in there a total of five minutes, you know, going in and yeah. coming out. And we yeah. brought Lysol wipes, wiped off our uh, putters and wiped off our golf balls and our pencils and stuff like that. And like kind of tried to disinfect where we could. We wore masks and we just took them off when we, when we got out on the putt-putt course. And like I said, there was only, there was two other families playing putt-putt that day and uh, they were pretty far away from us. Uh, So, so yeah, I've been getting out there a little bit, but I'm still, like I still haven't gone to a restaurant yet. And that's kind of my wife's decision. Um, And then, uh, you know, we were still like going to parks and stuff and we're not planning a big vacation this year. We're, planning on going to a state park or something. We we had a socially distanced outdoor birthday party for my daughter on Saturday. Yeah. So we had maybe 10 people. So it went a lot and we spaced the chairs out and we were outdoors. So I feel like that was fun for the most part. Yeah. We also did like, we were really meticulous with the food. So we wrapped everything. Um, you know, we did basically like, you know, fruit skewers and wrapped them in plastic so people could just grab them. Um, did the same with our vegetables. We put those in Ziploc bags and you just grab a bag. We did uh, individual, like uh, small bags of chips, you know, just anything that we didn't have to share food. Um, yeah, so that, seemed, that was that a seemed, great idea. Seemed to work really well. Um, it took us a few hours to do it because it was a little bit of extra effort, but it seemed to be worth it. I had went back to the gym a few times, but I told my wife last night, I was like, even every time I use a machine, I give it a chemical bath. Before <laughs> and I've I been wearing a mask before coronavirus. Yeah, nobody, like, nobody does. touching this. But I was in there, and I'm cleaning. You know, I guess the last time I was in there, I'm cleaning everything that I'm using before and after. And I look around, and no one else is doing it. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. You because, know, I used to let that bother me at the gym, and I'm like, yeah. you know what? If they think that I'm the like germaphobe freak girl at the gym, well, it's not even. I don't know anything. There are weirder people at the gym. Trust me. <laughs> right? It's not even. It's not even that. It was just like no one else is doing this, so this place isn't very sanitary right uh, so i'm like i know i'm cleaning my equipment but I, everything else in here is not being cleaned or for the most part yeah. so i'm i'm just going to go back to home workouts for a while yeah, yeah i'm yeah uh, the, the gym is charging me again but i doubt i'll go to the gym <laughs> no i haven't looked to see if my gym is charging me again i certainly haven't been there but mine yeah. started charging me right after they opened they tried to be prorated this month and mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if mine is open yet um, oh, I go to the Humana gym, the well. Yeah, mine um, opened last month in May because the restrictions lifted earlier in Indiana. Yeah. Mine opened as soon as the restrictions opened. I go to Planet Fitness, but um, gotcha. but yeah, they started charging me, and they're you know prorated this month, and they'll charge me full next month. I probably mm-hmm. I won't cancel it, so I'm just paying the charity of Planet Fitness right now, and then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because it's just I'll do not the worth same. Because I'm, I'm Maybe walking I at a great rate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then plus there's like, a, like if I think if you join, there's a fee. So if I if I quit and then join back, I'd have to pay the join fee. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I can't remember because I signed up a long time ago. But so but I, I've, defi- I've definitely I've been social distancing too. Like I, you know, try to limit going outside. Um, 
I had been doing Instacart for a while and then just decided that like I, I need to go back into the grocery store. Like, um, let's give this a try. So yeah, um, I've, I've, been I've doing gone that. to the grocery store a few times. Um, I, I met some friends out at the um, Oldham County um, Gardens, the third turn. Um, I know we talked about that on last week's podcast. So um, last weekend, I met some friends out there. Um, totally was able to social distance. Um, people were wearing masks. They had um, little six feet markers in the lines where you can get your beer. You know, I felt very comfortable out there. So nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, one more topic before we go. Uh, Marty just had been talking to friend of the show, Brad Estes, uh, president of Louisville City FC this week. Um, Marty, what you kind of referenced that earlier, but uh, what's their reopening look like? Yeah, I don't want to steal the thunder by talking about it earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, you know, the day, uh, the day that um, uh, Governor Bashir announced that the restrictions will be lifted and you could open at 50% capacity for the public venues. Louisville uh, City FC actually put out a, a, a usually said, you know, we've been cleared to open it up to 50% capacity. Now, we don't know that that's actually what they're going to do. They may do lower. Uh, I think they're still mm -hmm. working that out. But um, no, the, the seating in there is a little over 11,000, but at full capacity, it's about 15,000. So, you know, you could have, I guess, you know, more than 7,000 people in there, depending on which, <laughs> depending on which, depending on which metric you look at. Um, United Soccer League, which is where the league that Louisville City FC plays in, they have announced that the season's going to start July 11th or restart. They're going to do 16 games, but they're breaking all the, the teams into these eight regional groups. So you'll be playing just in a region because they want to limit travel. Um, uh, from you know they want they don't want the, the amount of travel you normally see in a season between right. uh, venues. Uh, but yeah, I talked to Brad. He said that they're you know going to be very I, you know I asked him uh, point blank like how are you going to enforce social distancing? It's really hard to get people to do what you want in stadiums. Um, mm -hmm. Again, alcohol is involved. So um, and you know soccer fans are a pretty rowdy group anyway. They really get into it. So you know he said we're gonna have it, we're gonna bring in additional security uh, to enforce it. If someone's not doing it, we're going to uh, escort them out of the facility. So, yeah. so that's the first group I think it said we're going to physically remove you if you don't uh, follow the rules. I like that. And like, they're also follow the rules uh, or leave. You know, they're also mandating the masks. That it, he said it's non-negotiable. It's not a we're going to encourage it. You have to wear it or you're not getting in. Um, the other thing they're going to be doing temperature checks. Uh, the 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 temperature we're seeing is 100.4, so anything mm -hmm. above that, they don't want you coming to work or going into a venue. Anything um, above 100.4, okay. 100.4. Yeah. Uh, but what they're going to do is if you come in and you they screen you and you 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 have 100.4 or higher, they're going to they're going to have a, what they call a cool down area, and you can go there for 15 minutes, see if your temperature drops. If it doesn't, then you have to leave. So hmm. uh, that's so that's another. That's another step they're taking. When you love um, sitting in the cool down area with other people, and I don't know what that's—I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but um, they're going to have a cool down spot somewhere to help. I swear, I sound down. like a germaphobe. I'm really not. I'm just—I'm kind of just shocked by all the stuff that's opening up. So, but uh, so yeah, we're, we should have—we may have a date for the home opener. As you know, Lynn Family Stadium was completed in March. They were going to open in, on April 11th, but the coronavirus—you know. USL suspended play way before 
um, April 11th. So this will be mm -hmm. the, the official opening of Lynn Family Stadium, but it's not going to look like we thought it was going to look. Yeah, so, and that's a bummer for them because I know they're excited. Like, about what a celebration that was going to be! Like, yeah, yep. they built this beautiful stadium, and now they can't. Uh, now they can't really open it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, not the way they want to. But As I thought you, you Brad, oh, Brad was. You could tell. You could tell he was. You could tell he's been pretty stressed. I mean, obviously, I'm sure running a any kind of operation like this will be stressful at this time. Mm. But he also sounded there was some relief in his voice. This that they. They have some kind of roadmap now, and you know he seems very committed to making it, you know, making it work within the guidelines. So I mean, I'm I'm eager to see how many people they let in there and what the seat configuration is going to look like. Um, that's a relatively young team. So did you get any um, any sense of how they're doing financially in light of the outbreak? I mean, they, they've they've not uh, yeah they've not released any figures. Obviously, they he said that we've not been selling tickets because that would be very tone off in a pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. they'd, they'd sold a lot of season tickets before the coronavirus. They'd sold a good chunk of those, but um, they did apply for the, the Paycheck Protection Program uh, a few months ago and got that, so I think that's helped with payroll expenses. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've been working remotely, so you know, one thing Brad said is, I asked him what's been the most challenging part of all of this, and you know, he said you know, running a sports team remotely is not, not easy. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, he's just He's just trying to keep people, you know, moving and keep people motivated. But, you know, it's it's probably a bit harder to run a sports club than other businesses remotely. So I'm um, sure, yeah. It's a lot of yeah, people. they just you know, they're just trying, you know, they're trying to navigate it like everybody else and it's fairly unprecedented, at least in, in the last hundred years. So um but yeah, I definitely think there's some relief that they at least know things are in motion again. There's some mm -hmm. kind of, you know, endpoint. At least, you know, not endpoint of the, you can do do everything at full blast. But there's a point where we can, you know, play some games. So, yeah, yeah, um, I yeah, I would prefer that they come back without fans, um, just to keep the numbers down. Um, but I'm yeah. sure financially they they want to get people in there. Plus, they just built the stadium, so. Um, but anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, we've got another meeting coming up here. It seems like that's my excuse every week when I host the show. It's like, we got to go. There's a meeting coming. <laughs> but, uh, before we go, we'll go around. You guys can share your uh, social media handles. Uh, Brooke, you want to start? Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at BF Lou Brooke. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at at B Timmons 26. Um, I'm more active on Instagram. Um, so I would start there if you're looking for me. All right. Um, uh, Marty. Yeah, you can find me at BF Lou Marty on uh, Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. And then I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. So got any news tips or just have a question about something. You can hit me up on either of those. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at BF Lou David and on Instagram at DMAN3001. Still working on getting those names to be sent the same across both platforms. But, um, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Uh, reviews are also welcome. We love reading those. Uh, thank you very much, Marty and Brooke, and thank you guys for listening at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.